We're starting a series um, tonight called Rooted. Um, and the reason why we wanted to do this series, um, for those of you that it's either your first time or maybe your second time or you've only recently joined us, um, we've had this thing over the last couple of weeks where we really feel like God is strategically placing us and our generation for a, a new outpouring, a new uprising, as I like to call it, um, of sons and daughters that understand their identity in Him. They understand who they are and they're shining. They're running with the fire that God's placed inside of them and they're transforming every sphere of influence because Jesus is starting to shine through them. So the world's starting to look at Christians once again and actually realize that it's not just about professing something and then living like an unbeliever, like majority of the church often does across the earth. We profess faith, but when you look at our actual lives, it looks exactly the same as an unbeliever. It makes no sense. It's not true. It's not authentic. But when you, when you have this transformation, this experience where Jesus comes, makes his home inside of you, makes the old things new, old things pass away, new things have come. He takes all the junk, all the mess, all the horrible stuff that we were stuck in. He transforms us. He makes us brand new. And he says, not only am I going to save you, but I'm going to give you my identity. I'm going to give you um, my nature, my personality, he actually gives us the very nature of Christ, the character of Jesus, so that we can become more like him. So every single day as we grow in relationship with the Lord, we're being transformed. We're becoming more and more like Jesus, not because we're trying harder, biting our lip, trying not to sin. The more you do that, the more you actually find that you're going to make mistakes. I don't know if, you, if you've ever found that. The harder you try to stop doing something wrong, the more you probably make a mistake. Isn't that interesting? I don't know about you guys, but that's me to the T. If I focus on my mistake and I try really hard to stop that, I end up making that mistake more times than I did when I wasn't thinking about it. But the reality is when Jesus came, he said, I've taken all of the emphasis off of sin. I died. I took your place. Everything you deserved, I took on your behalf. Not only that, but I exchanged your old fallen nature, everything that made you who you were, the sinner that you were. I exchanged it and gave you my nature so that you could actually live as the son and the daughter that you were always created to be from the beginning of time. That's the good news. Anything less than that is not the true gospel. You cannot read your Bible. You got to read this thing just saying, Jesus, would you reveal yourself to me? You can't go and read it with your own agenda and hope to find something that builds your own theology that has nothing to do with Jesus. Come on, man. You've got to be able to read this thing and say, okay, Lord, I want to find you in here. I want to be transformed. I want to know you more because when you do that, this thing comes alive. I've been a pastor's kid my whole life and only in the last four years have I actually built a relationship with Jesus. I thought I knew him. I read the Bible. I could tell you scriptures. I could quote things. Intellectually, I could explain the gospel to you to the T perfectly. In fact, Damien and Jordy and the guys, and I used to get up in assemblies and preach the gospel, and it would be super awesome because I knew what I was talking about, but I didn't know him. That's the difference. But when I had a relationship with Jesus, I read this thing, and this book came alive because suddenly it wasn't just letters on a page. It was now a person who was revealing himself to me through this book. That is a totally different approach to the gospel. And when that starts to happen, suddenly he becomes your best friend. Suddenly he's not just your savior, but he's your Lord. He actually has total occupancy in your life, total control. Now your dreams and, and all the things that you thought you wanted for your life actually die and no longer matter because you weren't created for yourself, you were created for Jesus. See, I had a dream. I had a dream. I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to do all these different things. And, and I had this, this wild idea of how I was going to get there. And, and to be honest, as I started to do that, it started to come about. I was getting opportunities. Things were opening up. But then I started to see that actually I was going down a path that it would be very difficult to come back from. Because all I was doing was building self. All I was doing was edifying myself. And as Damien also explained, sometimes you get on that stage and you feel so great for a moment. You get off and suddenly you feel empty again. 
And you go from moment to moment to moment trying to fulfill that empty space, trying to find something that gives you meaning, that gives you purpose. The reality is you will never find it outside of Jesus. Never. Because you were created for Him. See, there's an empty space inside of every single person on this planet, and it was created for Jesus. And our generation is trying to fill that space by diving headfirst into anything and everything. We were having a conversation earlier. Any smoking, smoking weed, drinking, all these different things. Man, let's, let's get to the root of it. The, the real root is actually acceptance. Our generation just want to be accepted. Like, yes, there's the natural stuff of where addiction and all that stuff comes from, but the root of everything is actually that we just want to be accepted. We actually just want to belong. And we're looking for acceptance in all the wrong places. And every time we feel rejected, we go deeper and deeper and deeper into the world looking for something that's going to fulfill us, make us feel better, when the reality is the only thing that's going to make you feel like you truly belong is Jesus. Because you were created for Him. And so what I want to talk about over the next couple of weeks is I want to talk about what it means to be rooted in Him, what it means to have a relationship with Jesus, what it means to be intimate with the Lord. How do we hear His voice? How do we actually wake up every day and commune with God? You were designed for it. See, here's the thing that you've got to understand. This isn't just some tag on. Christianity is not a Jesus-incorporated experience. It's not a Jesus, can you come and help me have a better day? Jesus isn't your lucky charm that you, please, Lord Jesus, help me pass my test. Please, Lord Jesus, help me get that new Ferrari or that job promotion or that whatever. That's not who he is. He's Lord. See, he didn't ask for you to just come and say a prayer. He asked for you to give your whole life to him. Why? Because you were created for him. So now what I want to talk about is when you've come to that place where you've surrendered, you've given your life to Jesus, not just said a prayer, not just professed something you truly believe, you've given him everything. Now what? After that, what do we do? See, you were created for a relationship. You were created to hear God's voice. But isn't it amazing that the first thing we think of is, Lord, um, I, don't, I don't hear God. I don't hear His voice. I don't hear, He doesn't come and speak to me. And I remember going through a, a stage in my life where I was saying, Lord, I want to hear you, the audible voice of God. Like, I want to hear you talk to me. Tell me. What do you want to do? How do you want to do things? And I felt His voice speak to me inside you. And He said, you've misunderstood, Connor. He said, the most intimate experience a man can have is the voice of God within him. He said, Adam and Eve walked externally with God in the garden. They heard his voice. He would come and, and meet with them, come and speak to them. But they didn't have him inside. Jesus was the prototype. He came and he paved the way for what sons and daughters really look like. From the beginning of time, he knew what he was going to do. He knew that he was sending Jesus to pioneer something, to birth something, to birth faith within us, to birth a relationship. The same intimacy that Jesus shares with God, he's called us as sons and daughters to share with him. So what he does is he comes and he says, now I'm going to put my voice inside of you. You're going to actually learn to speak the language of the Spirit. It might not sound like an audible voice, but it's the voice of God inside of you. Guess what? It kind of sounds like you. Do you know why? Because He's made Himself one with you. See, when Holy Spirit came into my life, when I, was, when I gave my life to Jesus and Holy Spirit made His home inside of me, He became one with my spirit. His spirit, my spirit, became one. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Why? Because He became one with you. I don't know where we get these teachings of Holy Spirit coming like a little dove and sitting on your shoulder and the moment that you make a mistake, whew, he disappears. Then you've got to get yourself together and then he comes back. That's been taught before and I don't know where we get that from. The reality is Romans talks about Holy Spirit is one with our spirit and he's crying out on our behalf, Abba Father. So even when you feel like you can't even cry out to God 
and have intimacy with God. Holy Spirit's crying out on your behalf, and He becomes the mediator. He becomes the one who stands in the gap between you and God so that the perfect intimacy, perfect relationship can happen all the time. Do you understand this? You were created to hear the voice of God. Sometimes we've just got to learn that the, the Spirit, the language of the Spirit is actually our mother tongue. We've just been hit with amnesia. We've just forgotten that we were actually born for something more. You cannot, you cannot. Any, and I'm careful how I say this, but I don't understand how you can live on this earth and not realize that we're eternal people. We're eternal beings. Yes, this stuff is going to pass away. But come on. You cannot look around and go like, this is just coincidence. This, is just, this just happens to be, God has predestined us as sons and daughters before the foundation of the world to know Him, to be His family. We're going to spend eternity with Him. I don't know about you, but I'd like to have the kind of relationship with God where I'm walking with Him on the earth. Next thing, I pass away, I step into eternity in heaven, and it feels like home because I've been living in that all along. Not get to heaven and go, oh my word, I didn't realize this was actually what it was all about. I've missed the whole thing. I spent my life on things that don't actually count, don't actually matter. And now I'm standing before Jesus and I'm realizing that actually it was always about Him. What did I do with Him? Do you hear what I'm saying? So I want to talk about practical things in our day-to-day lives. One of the things that I've realized with being rooted in the Lord is that have, have any of you tried to build relationship with someone in like, you know, giving them 20 minutes a day. 20 minutes a day, build relationship. It takes a long time for you to actually know them. Well, what I find so funny is that we start to give God five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe even an hour every day where we actually make ourselves aware of Him. And then we wonder why we struggle to hear Him, why He's not leading us or guiding us, or why we just don't feel connected, or I just don't understand God, when the reality is we don't even give Him the time to be Lord in our lives. We're not actually aware of Him. See, God's not asking for your five minutes. He asked for your life. So your time alone that you get to spend with Him is beautiful and it's amazing, and there's a place for the secret place. We're going we're gonna to talk about that and unpack that, but you've got to understand that your whole life is His. He wants to be engaged and involved in every part of your day. He wants to speak to you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. And as you begin to uh, listen to that voice and as you begin to risk and as you begin to act on that, as you begin to become obedient to what He's saying inside of you, suddenly you learn how He begins to operate. And then you realize that there's a better way. There's a way that seems right to a man. It's, a, it's a, the systems of the world. We build our lives on this thing and it's destined to crumble. It's destined to fail. There's a new and living way and it's through Jesus Christ and it's totally opposite to that. It's, it's, a, it's the way of love. And when we begin to live in that, suddenly we find purpose, we find peace, we find joy and we, we realize that we were actually born for this all along. Those of you that have experienced that are nodding because you know what I'm talking about. You know that the reality is you can live this way and you can try and bring God into your life and ask God to make uh, you know, your day better or whatever, but the reality is the root of your life is still self. The root of your life is still that actually you're building a self-empire. It's all about comfort. It's all about luxury. It's all about uh, uh, the grind and status and importance and, and, and reputation and all these different things. But Jesus said, come and die. Jesus said, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me to deny yourself. He didn't say deny the devil. He said deny yourself. Why? Because self is the enemy of sonship. It's hard to be a son. You Actually, it's impossible to be a son when you're all about yourself because sons actually honor their fathers. <clears throat> Does this make any sense? So when you begin to have relationship with Jesus, the first thing, the first step to relationship with the Lord is dying to self. 
It's really hard to hear the Lord when you're hearing it through a filter and agenda of how it's going to benefit my life. Because then it's just about you. It's just about what God's going to do for you or, or, or how He's going to better your day. When the reality is God's created you to burn. He's created you to shine. He's created you to be a light in the darkness. The only way you do that is by surrendering, by giving yourself to Him completely and actually allowing Him to make you a vessel, to make you His hands and feet that He can send into the uncomfortable, deep, dark places where no one wants to go. Is this making sense? <clears throat> See, I, I realized something about a year ago, and it's changed the way that I have a relationship with the Lord. It's impossible to live an ordinary life when you're living in intimacy with Jesus. It's impossible. Because there's always more. There's always more of God to know. There's always more of God to explore. There's always more that He wants to reveal to me. And if I understand that and I'm living in intimacy with the Lord, how can I get bored? How is it that these angels in the throne room look upon His glory every day and all they cry out is holy, 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 holy. They're covered in eyes and they begin to see all these different things of God. And as they see different aspects of God, they cry out holy, holy. They spend eternity crying out holy. Why? Because there's always more. He's that beautiful. In fact, in Isaiah, it talks about um, He's always making new realms for us. That's crazy. That means that there's always more. There's always something new. There's always a fresh revelation. I don't know about you, but have you ever read a scripture and then two months later you read that same scripture and you've got a whole new revelation on the same thing you read two months ago? And then another six months down the line you read that same scripture and you get another whole new revelation? And for the rest of your life you'll be reading that scripture and you'll constantly be getting fresh revelation. It's amazing, right? Because the word's living and active. Because actually it's not just about letters on a page, it's about the Holy Spirit that's breathing through this book. He's breathing on us. And so I began to develop this understanding that a life of intimacy with Jesus is extraordinary. It's an extraordinary life. Every day that I wake up, there's something for me to understand. There's something for me to know about Him. There's something for me to experience. And I, I also understood that sometimes I'm not going to understand what I experience. And I've got to learn to be okay with that. See, in the natural, we want to understand something. And, and, and then from that understanding, we'll experience it. In the Spirit, it's the opposite way. Sometimes you experience things that you cannot even articulate. You cannot even put words to it, but you know that you felt it. You know it in here, but you can't figure it out here. And then over time, God begins to unpack this thing in your head, and this thing begins to facilitate what God's already done in your spirit. Your mind was never created to lead you. Your mind was created to facilitate the dreams, the passions, and the desires of God in your spirit. Isn't it funny how humans think that our puny little tiny brain can figure everything out about God? That we can actually understand how He operates, how He works. How, why would we even try? Why not just enjoy the ride? Why not just enjoy the fact that God's actually in control, that He's doing amazing things, and that this little brain was actually created to facilitate God in me so that I can actually express God through this body? Because it's about love, right? See, sometimes we are so much about the outward expression of the gospel that we forget that the inner man is actually what he's after. The outward expressions of the gospel, what it looks like to everyone else, is a, is a fruit of what's happened inside. Often what young people, I was one of these people, and what we do is we we so quick to hear a testimony of how somebody did something, and we want to do the same thing that they did, but without developing the same root system. 
So so so-and-so goes and prays for someone and they get healed. And I'm like, I want to go pray for people and see them get healed, which is awesome. That's exactly what God's called you to do. But we go running after that before we've developed the root system. Because what you don't know is that in that guy's everyday life, he spends hours and hours with Jesus. Every moment of every day, he's developed a relationship with the Lord. And so when he goes out to pray for someone, he's hearing directly. He's hearing what the Lord's saying. But we want to go after something. We want to go after the fruit before we've, we've actually experienced the roots in our life. So I've, I've started to realize that Holy Spirit actually really cares about my inner man. That he wants to make his home in the, in the depths of who I am. He wants me to know him in the depths of my being. He wants to come and invade my life. I love the word invade because it's like I don't actually want to even have to give him permission. Just do it. Just come in, invade, do what you got to do, get rid of the junk, uh, shape me, mold me, form me, create in me everything that you destined me to be, predestined me to be from the foundations of the world. Do it. Just do it. I'm like, Lord, I just, I surrender. I give you everything. Come and do it. And as he begins to do that, I've realized that he starts to change things in you that you don't even know are changing. Is this making sense? Like, I don't know about you guys, but when I came out of all the junk that I was living in and started to develop a relationship with the Lord, before, before that relationship, I was really trying to stop the things that I was struggling with, really trying hard, and it was just getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And then suddenly Jesus comes in and I start to experience the love of Jesus and I start to look into his eyes and, and I'm having these encounters with him and I'm seeing how beautiful he is and, and he's starting to reveal his, uh, uh, my identity in him and I'm, I'm going after that. And suddenly I realize... Well, I haven't done that in like, in weeks, in months, in a year. Suddenly things begin to change in my life that I didn't try to fix. He made them brand new. And I began to understand that when I live rooted in Jesus, He's the one that does the work. I'm just the one that yields and surrenders. I'm just, I'm just the clay. I'm just, I, just, I just get put on the thing and just sit there and just kind of wait for Him to do what He's going to do. I just make myself available and He begins to shape and mold. Is this making sense? When he begins to do that, that's where you find true freedom. That's where you find true purpose. You will never, never, never be fulfilled until you surrender everything that you are to Jesus Christ. Everything. And this is not coming from, from just some sermon or whatever. This is my life. This is Honestly, this is what I've experienced with the Lord. I'm going, Lord, I tried real hard the other way, and it didn't really work. So in fact, not didn't really work. It failed miserably. It was terrible. I hit rock bottom hard. And then I come into this and I stop trying and I just go, Lord, if you want me, you can have me. Do whatever you want to do. It's yours. And as you go on that journey, He starts to shape you and mold you. And yes, it's a process and God's in the process. That's what I also want to encourage you with tonight. You might find that I'm in this process. God's, it feels like it's slow. It feels like it's, it's uncomfortable. And that's good. That's why Holy Spirit's the comforter because His work is uncomfortable. God puts you in uncomfortable places. That's why He's there to comfort you. Why would He comfort you if you were comfortable already? You know what I'm saying? But as you begin to go on this journey, I realized God was okay with my mess. He wasn't intimidated by it because He died for it. So He, he took the emphasis off of my mess and put it on the beauty that He had called me to live in. We've got to stop looking at our failures. We've got to stop looking at our mess and start looking at the perfect beauty of Jesus and realize that we've been made to look like Him. I've, I've realized this is the way that I see it. We stuffed up and we made a mistake and we decided to go and live the selfish life and we, we gave in to sin and, and mankind suddenly, every person born after Adam and Eve was born into sin. It was part of human nature. It was a corrupt and fallen nature, right? We, every, every single one of us, when you're a baby, you don't have to learn how to be naughty. It's just pretty natural. You sit there, one of the other babies grabs your toy, you freak out. 
you want to whack the baby across the head, take your toy back. The self-nature is just, it's, it came naturally when we were born, right? Because we were born into the wrong system, into the wrong identity. But the way that I see it is that we're stuck in all this mess, all this junk. You can look at your life and say, okay, whatever that is, whatever the junk that you've been stuck in, you see it, that you were stuck in that, you were, you were, you were rooted in that. And Jesus breaks into time and he rips you. Out of, this, out of the junk, out of the addictions, out of the struggles, out of all that stuff. He rips you out of that. And then He cleans you up and He makes you brand new and He, he makes you all shiny and perfect and you, and you look real beautiful, right? And He doesn't stop there. Then He says, I'm going to cover you in my blood. I'm going to pay the ultimate price for you, not just to save you, but to actually make sure that you look like me. So He covers us in His blood inside and out. Now we actually look like Jesus and then He doesn't stop there. He takes us and He presents us before the Father. And He says, this is your beloved son, your beloved daughter, in whom you are well pleased. He gives us identity. He gives us value to our Father. God looks at us and He sees Himself. It's exactly what we were created for. And then guess what? Now we are a son. Now we are a daughter. We've got that title. God's put it on us. He doesn't even stop there. He says, now I'm going to give you Holy Spirit. I'm going to breathe my Spirit into you so that not only will you call yourself a son, but you'll actually live like one. Not only will you call yourself a daughter, you'll actually live like one. Not in your own strength, but in the strength of the Holy Spirit. Your relationship with Jesus cannot be built on your own efforts. It won't work. But if it's built on Holy Spirit, if it's built on just being vulnerable with the Lord and saying, God, you're a real God. Vulnerability is not a weakness, it's a strength. Get vulnerable with Him. Ask Him the big questions. He's not intimidated by your questions. He's a big boy. He's really not intimidated by your questions. He loves your questions. He loves your questions. And what's so beautiful about it is that sometimes the answer to your question is not what you thought it was going to be. Sometimes you're looking for an answer because you're trying to justify something when Jesus is actually saying, I'll just become the answer to that. Because your brain is so puny and small that you think that that answer is actually going to figure it all out for you. Actually, I'm the answer. It's been, it's been me all along. It's all about Jesus. And as you begin to do this, and as you begin to spend time with Him, and as you begin to go after Him and say, Lord, would you, would you work in my heart? Would you change me? Would you mold me? Would you shape me? Make me like you. It's the one desire in my life. I want to be like Jesus everywhere that I go. I want to shine the gospel. I want, I want people to, see, to come into contact with love. I want them, when they meet me, it's like meeting Jesus because He's called me to be like Him. He's called me a co-heir. He's called me a son. That's why do I pray for the sick? Because Jesus would if He was here. And I'm becoming like Jesus. Why would I love the poor? Because Jesus did. Why would I love my brothers and sisters? Why would, I, why would I come to church? Why would I, why would I be a part of the family of God? Why would I do all this? Because Jesus is doing that. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, man. See, there's a place of oneness with Jesus that goes beyond words. There's a place of union with the Lord that you cannot articulate in the natural. It doesn't make sense. You can't explain it. Why? Because you know him beyond words. It's like the closest thing that a man can experience, man and woman can experience to that is marriage. When you know someone beyond words, it's not just that I know their personality, I know their faults, I know their weaknesses, I know all this. I've become one with them. I know their soul. Do you understand what I'm saying? Marriage has, has always been just mirroring back what God's done with His people. That's what it, that's what it is. Marriage never it's never been about you. It's always been about Jesus. So your life, this is what I want to encourage you with, your life has never been yours. 
We've, we've told ourselves this for so long. It's never been about me. It's never been about you. It's always been about Jesus. We were created for this. And it's in that place of intimacy that you find freedom. It's in that place of relationship with the Lord that you find joy. And it's amazing that when you begin to establish that in your life, nothing shakes you. When you build your life on the things of the world, as soon as things go bad, you get shaken. You question your identity. You question your purpose. Suddenly thoughts of depression come in. Suddenly you find yourself right back at the lowest of the low when the reality is you're a son, you're a daughter of the Most High God and you're acting like an animal. What do I mean by that? The prodigal son, man. God gives him his inheritance. He blows his inheritance. He ends up eating with the pigs. This is us, man. This is the story of us. He comes home and he thinks, maybe I could just be a servant. Maybe I could just get the scraps. And God's going, what the heck? You're my son. You've always been my son. Puts a robe on him. Puts a ring on him. Clothes him and puts up a celebration from him. Gives him the best feast. The feast of a son. Why would we want to eat with the pigs when, we, when we've been called to dine at the table of kings? Why would we live our lives eating with the pigs? What do I mean by that? Living in the world's ways, the world's systems, when we're called to shine, when we're called to be sons and daughters of God, when we're called to know Him, when we're called to walk in freedom. Let's not build churches in the pigsty. Let's bring people home to their dad. You understand what I'm saying? Like, let's, this is what it's all about. And so you can... You can look at your life and go, okay, I feel like there's some of you here tonight that, that maybe you, you haven't had purpose for a long time. Maybe you, you've been looking for that, you've been searching for that. But the reality is tonight you found it, but it's yours if you want it. See, this is what I realized about the Lord. I was going, God, why didn't you just make us like robots from the beginning and we all just knew what was truth and what was right and we just did the same thing? Why, why give us the choice when you knew we'd stuff up? And he said something to me that just opened my eyes. He said, you'll never experience true love unless you get to choose it. You cannot experience true love unless you get the choice. See, if I don't get to choose love, it's not real love. But when he gives me the choice to choose him, that's real love. Hmm. That blows my mind. So tonight, there's an invitation to every single one of us to go deeper. There's an invitation to be so filled with the Lord, to be so full of God, to be one with the Holy Spirit, to find our purpose, to find our reason for living, to find that reason to wake up every day, to shine for Jesus. It's in that place that you cannot be shaken. It's in that place that situations can come and go, storms can come and go. It doesn't shake you because you found yourself in Him. How can you reject me if I never looked for acceptance in you? Because my acceptance is in Jesus. I belong to Him. I don't belong to you. You cannot reject me when you, I don't belong to you. My acceptance is not in you. It's in Jesus. So my purpose suddenly isn't in your hands. It's not even in mine. So guess what? It's safe. Think about that for a second. If, you've, if, you're, if you're the master of your destiny, you're screwed. <laughs> right? Come on, you know this. This is, this is the truth. But if it's, in, if it's in God's hands, then what you were created for, He's got your back. He knows exactly. I love there's a scripture in uh, Psalms 139 in the Passion Translation. I love it. It talks about you go ahead of me into my future and you follow behind me in kindness. 
protecting me from the harm of my past. He goes ahead of me into my future to prepare the way. He follows behind me with kindness to protect me from the harm of my past. I'm safe. When I'm in Jesus, I'm safe. He's prepared the future and he's protecting me from the past. I'm whole. I'm perfect. Because it was never about right and wrong. Even now, today, I don't know about you guys. How many of you understand this, right? I remember uh, when I was, before I had a relationship with Jesus and I was making mistakes and doing stupid things. You would make a mistake. You'd go to your mate who's an unbeliever and you'd say, oh man, I really stuffed up this weekend. I did this, 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 this. The response is generally, bro, it's the past, man. Get over it. Like it happened, deal with it, move on. Right? That's how most guys do. And I'm going, that's actually a closer picture of how Jesus handles our mistakes than what majority of the church understands. What the church does is goes, oh, you made a mistake. Sweet, let's sit down and let's go through the 16 reasons why you made that mistake. And let's relive the whole thing and just make you feel absolutely terrible about it. And then what happens is you come out of that going, I'm actually such a stuff up. Now you've owned it and you've made that your identity. You've made it your label. And now you begin to act that thing out. So you think you're trying to get free, but actually you're just perpetuating a cycle. When actually Jesus is saying, bro, I died for that. It's covered in the blood. It's in the grave. It's dead. Stop digging up a dead corpse and trying to play puppets with it. Leave the thing in the grave. Step into your new identity and burn for Jesus. So this is what happens when we have relationship with the Lord. I'm running after Jesus with everything I have. Oh, I slip up and I make a mistake and I fall. I'm not going to now stand there and go, oh, shucks. I, I, I was going there and I did this and I better, oh, where do I? And I'm. And I'm stuck in this place because I'm owning that this has now become who I am. Actually, this is how it's supposed to be. I'm running after Jesus with everything I have because he created me for him. So I'm going after him. I'm covered in the blood. Oh, I trip and I make a mistake. I get up. I fix my gaze onto Jesus and I run harder and faster towards him. And I leave that thing behind, never having to fall in the same rut again. But we make the same cycle and keep going back and falling in the same thing because we're so focused on the mistake that we miss what God's called us to live in. This makes sense, right? The gospel is so simple. It's like God's going, dude, I did all of it. All of it. There's nothing. There is no expectation on you other than to surrender. That's all. It's like you don't even have to get this. You don't even have to understand this. All I'm asking you to do is to give your life to me, and I will totally transform you 180 degrees. Everything that, that was wrong with you suddenly made right, and love will invade your life and suddenly make you brand new. And guess what? Every step that you take, all of heaven goes with you. Every step that you take. Why? Because you live in intimacy with Jesus. See, when a generation catches this, we go into the dark places, we begin to shine, and suddenly the earth begins to shake because the earth is groaning and crying out for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. The sons and daughters of God. Not the slaves, the sons and daughters of God who know who they are. They shine bright. Come on. See, God's, God's saying, come and die. We can't go into the rest of this this is nothing that I prepared. We can't, we can't go into this understanding of a relationship with the Lord until we get this. We've got to get this. We've got to understand that it has never been about right and wrong. It's always been about love. Love makes the wrong things right. Love does. Judgment doesn't. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And His mercy is new every morning. Which means that God's not just the God of second chances. He's the God of forever chances. It's like, he's just like, I love you so much that you could never actually jump out of my hand. You think that you're really messing this thing up. I got you. You think that you can run and hide. You can't. 
because I'm after you. My love is pursuing you. Do you really think that Jesus would go through everything that he did, would lay his life down, would sweat blood, would get beaten broken, only to give up on you because you made a mistake? Remember, we've heard this stuff. Like, this is how we think. We think this way. We go like, oh, I've made a mistake. God's upset with me. He's disappointed with me. He's frustrated with me. How am I supposed to have a relationship with him? We take our junk. This is, oh, this is power. Watch this, guys. <laughs> this came to me right now. I didn't prepare this. This is Holy Spirit. This is what we do, right? Majority of Christians. We make a mistake, and we come before God, and we pick up our little turd of a mistake, right? <laughs> we pick this thing up. It's not who we are. It's disgusting. It's revolting. It's not our identity. We pick this thing up, and we put it between us and God, and we go, God, look what I did again. You must be so upset with me. You must be so disappointed. I can't believe that I did this. And God's going, can you get the turd out my face? <laughs> Think about this for a second. I know that it's, a, it's an analogy, and it's funny. Think about this. This is the truth. We take our failures and our mistakes and we put it as a filter between us and God and we think that because of our failures and mistakes, he's disappointed with us or frustrated with us or we can't actually have a relationship with him. Now there's some sort of disconnect. There is no disconnect. You've just put your turd between you and God. Where actually what we're supposed to do is when we do make a mistake, put it aside behind me where it belongs in the grave and say, God, yes, I made a mistake, but I've put it behind me. Thank you that that is not my identity, that you paid the price for my value because you knew before the foundations of the world that you created me to be your son. So thank you, Lord, that although I made that mistake, it doesn't have a hold on me. It doesn't define me. It doesn't change the way that you feel about me. It doesn't change your love for me. Nothing can separate me from you. So I put it behind me. I take my gaze off of that and I put it onto you, Jesus, and I see every that I was born for and I run into your destiny, into your fullness with everything that I have because that's who I am. Right? Isn't this amazing? Because when you do that, suddenly you'll see that in your life, sin just begins to disappear because now you're not focusing on it. It's just disappearing in your life because you're focused on Jesus. Do you want a scripture for it? Go to uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Didn't prepare this, but this is just awesome. <clears throat> I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation because I love the way that he words it. But how cool is this, man? Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 1. As for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Did you hear that? So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has been already marked out before us. Listen to this next scripture. This is the one that I love. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. Did you hear what I just said? We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. In the ESV, the extra special version, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. You can read the rest of it uh, for the sake of time. I love the way that he's worded it here because it just helps me understand something. The founder and perfecter, right? The one who birthed faith within me and who will lead me forward into faith's perfection. Don't you love that in there, nowhere do you have to have this thing figured out? 
He's the one who birthed it in you, and He's the one who's going to lead you forward into faith's perfection. So where's your role in this thing? Lord, you can have my whole life. I don't know about you, but that's easy. That's the, that's the part that's like, oh, Lord, like, there is nothing, there, there should be nothing that gets in the way of me and God. No failure, no mistake, no sin, no disappointment, no situation, no storm, no trial, no sickness, no disease, no infirmity. It can't get in the way. The only reason why it gets in the way is because I give it authority that it doesn't have. I put it between me and God. This is such a practical tool that will honestly change the way that you view God. It will change the way that you have a relationship with the Lord. It's about His love, man. I, none of this is what I prepared, but I feel like obviously this is what Jesus wants to talk about. <clears throat> See, some of you have, have had relationship with the Lord that's been mountain to valley. Good times, bad times, good times, bad times, because you don't actually know the nature and character of God. You don't actually know that He's a good God. How do we trust Him if He's that kind of God? He makes every mountain low and every valley. So what does this look like? The straight and narrow. <laughs> I don't have to live a life of highs and lows. I can live a life that's consistently in love with Jesus, that's growing more and more in love with Him every day because it's about Him. It's not about me. It's not about my failures. It's not about my mistakes. It's not about whether I get it right or wrong every day. It's about love. And if we as a family start to model that culture, this has nothing to do with being rooted, but it's great. If we as a family start to model this culture, then we become a place where people can come in and see love that's manifested on the earth, a demonstration of heaven on earth. It's what the church was created for. The church was never meant to be an institution or an organization. The church was created to be the family of God demonstrating heaven on earth. That's what the church is. That's why you can read in Acts and see that actually these people were pretty wild and crazy, so much so that they called them those belonging to the way. Because there was one way of living, they didn't live like that. They belonged to another way. The way, the truth, the life, Jesus. They looked like Him. They thought like Him. They acted like Him. When you met the church, it was like, wow. Does it mean that they were perfect? No. Read the rest of the New Testament. The church is pretty full of a lot of problems that the apostles had to address and deal with. Guess why? Because it's family. Family's messy. Surely if that's the way God designed it, then obviously He's, he's not too upset or, or intimidated by our mistakes. Because He dealt with them. But as we fix our eyes onto Jesus, He leads us into faith's perfection, which means that every day I'm becoming more like Him, which means that every day our, our family, our community must get brighter and brighter and brighter. So the world should be looking at us and seeing Him. Looking at us and saying, man, that's a real love. Man, I haven't seen that before. Man, He's glowing. She's glowing. She's shining. What is it about them? This makes sense. So this is probably more like an introduction to the series because <laughs> we didn't get to anything that I planned on teaching. But I feel like there's, there's a lot of us here tonight that needed to hear that, that actually needed to hear that He loves you. <laughs> like, I love um, Jessica's story. For a whole year in the church, everyone told her that God loved her. And she, it got so annoying. She was going like, I know, guys, seriously. Everyone comes after me and says, God loves you, God loves you. And she was like, Thank you, thank you so much, thank you. Like, she just kept hearing this, right? And then after a year of people saying this, suddenly the pin dropped and it was like, oh my gosh, she finds like, God, he loves me. I'm going like, for a whole year, everyone's been telling you this. But, but it sunk and, and it totally transformed her whole, her whole life because now she lived from this place of going like, he loves me. This changes everything. <laughs> like, 
I can't be, I can't be shaken. I can't be moved. I can't be taken out of his hand. I, I'm safe. He loves me. Like, that's, all, that's what people need to hear, man. That's what the world's looking for, is that, man, actually, he's a good God who loves us. He's not what we've made him out to be. There's been such a misrepresentation of God, an intellectual misrepresentation of God that is totally not the nature and character of God. It's about love. It's always been about love. He loves us so much. And I look at myself and I go, man, if it wasn't for the outrageous grace and mercy of Jesus and the outrageous grace and mercy of the church, I wouldn't be where I am today. Did you hear what I said? Not just the outrageous grace and mercy of Jesus, also the outrageous grace and mercy of the church. Why? Because I have a family that I get to do life with. I get to lock arms with people that when I drop down, two people pick me up. It's a safe place to be in. So this is what we're building, man. And maybe for some of you that are here tonight, I don't know, I don't know where you are on your journey and whatever. So I might have said a whole lot of stuff that went straight over your head. And, and I, I love that I get to journey with people. And I'd love to be able to sit with you and discuss stuff. And if you've got questions, we can unpack things and whatever. But as an introduction to what we're going to go into, um, this is important. Like we've, we've got to understand that if we get this, the rooted lifestyle in Jesus, where what I wanted to talk about tonight was was living a life that bears fruit, not just any fruit, much fruit, long-lasting fruit. We can't do that if we're not rooted in Jesus. We can't do that without relationship. And we're going to get to that and unpack that. But I just realized that you can't even have relationship with the Lord until you understand this, until you understand your value, until you understand your identity and that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing, not a single thing. So now what I want to do is get wrecked. Because... It's a lot more fun when Jesus is real and he's not just this little prayer thing. But for those of you that were here last week, you know what I'm talking about. When, when Jesus comes and touches you, when he comes and actually makes himself known to you, it, we were born for this. We were created for this. It's home. It's like it's the most amazing experience. And this is a safe place for you to experience that and to know Jesus. And so I'm not chasing after the same thing that we had last week. I just want to experience Jesus. There's more for us. Um, and at the end of the day, I'm more about your hearts than I am about you feeling something. And that's what I, I know that Jesus is after tonight. He's drawing hearts. He's actually inviting people back into a real relationship with the Lord. You know? And some of you, some of you here are, are walking in that relationship with the Lord, and that's amazing. And it, there's just more for you. It's just time to keep growing, keep going after the Lord, because there is more. Do you know what I'm saying? Awesome.